Dan Dunn here alongside Curtis Robinson, Hunter Gatherers Podcast. Curtis, we have a uh, special guest now with us. I would say I would say a little bit of Gonzo royalty, a Prince of Gonzo. Although yeah. uh, uh, we'll see uh, how much that bears out as we go. <laughs> he, uh, his father. Well, I'm going to let Step, him. I'm going to let yeah. him tell you. Uh, his name is James Tizer. James, how are you? Fine. Thank you very much. So uh, thanks for joining us, man, first off. And, and so tell us a little bit about your history with Hunter. Well, uh, I guess I am kind of a, uh, I've never been called a prince of Gonzo. History, you are a prince of Gonzo. There, my stepfather. Cer- cer- certainly your stepfather was the, a king of Gonzo. Yeah, my stepfather was a king of Gonzo. Or, yeah, he was a duke of Gonzo. Con- no, well, I guess Honor with the Duke. What, where are you headed, Viceroy? Uh, You're headed to Viceroy? Some right. sort of lofty title. Some sort of lofty title. Exactly. So, uh, Gerald Terrell, also known as Ching, by his childhood friends, uh, including Hunter, uh, was my stepfather. And he became my stepfather when I was 10 years old, when he was my, my uh, scoutmaster, which I begrudg- begrudgingly joined in 1977. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, I, from... Age 10 on, I heard numerous stories about Hunter. And so, I didn't, you know, I was 10 years old. I didn't know Hunter Thompson was. But when I was 12, I, I read Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, and it scared the shit out of me. That's a little early. It, it scared the shit out of me. It, it probably kept me sh- uh, pretty clean and sober for, saw, saw your, for most of my college years. Saw your stepdad in a whole new light? Well, my stepfather went a different direction than Hunter uh, because uh, Hunter, they used to get in a lot of trouble. My, my stepfather showed up in the neighborhood in Louisville, Kentucky, uh, in the middle 40s, you know, dur- during World War II or immediately after. And uh, he had a British accent because he was born in China in the British consulate in Guangzhou, where his father was a British diplomat. He was a consul general uh, eventually in, in uh, China. And his, his mother was from Louisville, and uh, it was too dangerous for children to live in in post-war China, there was a big civil war going on with Chiang Kai-shek and Mao Zedong. His, uh, so they sent the family home to Louisville, and his, stepfa- or his, his father uh, stayed, stayed in China for a few more years until 1950. And uh, Gerald showed up in the neighborhood with a, uh, an odd accent, a little British accent, and uh, all the boys, especially Hunter, in the neighborhood said, Yo, why do you sound so funny? Where are you from? And he said, well, I was, I'm from China. I was born in China. And so they nicknamed him Ching. And so, you know, that wouldn't probably fly today, but um, everybody that knew my, my stepfather when he was a kid still refers to him as Ching. I refer to Curtis as Redneck. There Is you that go. wrong? Yeah. That, that's wrong, and, and it's also wrong the way you say it. <laughs> the way you say it somehow makes it worse. You know, I, hillbilly, please. Hillbilly, please. So your, your stepfather and Hunter childhood friends they were they were uh, best friends they were it's you know uh, hunter had a lot of friends in louisville but it's pretty widely recognized that um gerald aka ching and hunter were were very tight and they ran around uh together they were on the same uh, sports teams uh, in the castlewood athletic club and then they went to male high school together and they were in ala athenam literary association which was both a writing club and a high school fraternity which got them into all sorts of hijinks, and they, you know. So Ching was a writer as well. They wrote in. Uh, they wrote in high school together. Yes. Okay. But it, but at the end of the day, I mean, when you when you read into the era, uh, Hunter stuff from that era, 
there, there's one of the pieces where he talks about uh, his first involvement with the FBI. And then uh, um, it had to do with this caper where they, they, they hated this bus driver, so they, they arranged for him to destroy a piece of uh, postal property. You, you can find that. And, uh, but, but one of the things that really came in is that it was his first real brush with federal authority. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he thought, like, they said, well, we've talked to your friends. They told us you were behind it. He, and, and, and it's this beautiful thing. He says, wait a minute. Which friend? Which of my friends would turn me in? And he goes through it. He said, no, you're bluffing. None of my, none of my boys turn. And I talked to him a lot about, uh, I'm from Kentucky as well, so we, I would talk to him about uh, uh, the bonds he formed. And it was like, um, I think that, that those guys, and there, were, there weren't a lot of them. There were five or six of them that were thick as thieves, right? It was Neville Blakemore and Paul Simonon and... Gerald and, and Hunter and there's a and the other thing is yeah. they were all extremely high achieving. Yeah, I mean none of those people. Ralston Steenrod, yeah, yeah, none of those. None of they those. all went to Ivy League schools. <laughs> Paul yeah. Simonon, he wasn't a British guy. No. Okay, because you know the bass player for the Clash is Paul Simonon. Different guy. No, 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 no. no. He started a real estate business in in, in Louisville, which I think still exists. Did your uh, wait? So first of all, is Gerald still with us? Now Gerald passed away last November, unfortunately. Oh. Let's raise. Can we raise a drink to Gerald right here? We can. I'm going to raise a drink. I'm going to raise this. Uh, what do I have here, by the way? Austin, what am I drinking? This is a Navy Grog. Navy Grog. We are, by the way, I should point out that we are recording this interview uh, with James at Lono in Hollywood, California. This would have been Hunter S. Thompson's favorite bar uh, had he still been around. But, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You would have had to dynamite Hunter out of here. I don't know what you do when, you, when, when it's closing time because he wouldn't leave. And, um, and Curtis just spilled some of his drink on, on his uh, rare oh. Curse of Lono book. So yeah. that, that's, that's a first edition print. Which, not, but Hunter, but, but it's not signed. Think, so the hell with it. I think Hunter probably guided you to do that. So, <laughs> so, so tell us. You got to have a great. You've got to have a numerous Hunter stories. Let's hear a great Hunter you do, story. You do. And, and I have a few. Okay. And, and I will say this: I run into five or six people a year who had an experience when. When Hunter did his college tours, mm-hmm. he would go around, and I, and I talk about it all the time. I run into people who are like, yeah, uh, my favorite, I can't find the guy again, was a guy in uh, uh, New York who told about driving Hunter in from, um, he picked him up at the airport, drove him into the, the, the event, and um, halfway in, Hunter said, well, I had a lot of beer on the plane. I want to stop and uh, uh, relieve myself, if, if you don't mind. So he pulls over to the side of the road, and he gets in with a rock. He said the entire time his journalism professor who went with him just kept questioning him about objectivity and does he think this is... And so Hunter gets back in the car with a rock. And so he said, you know, Dr. Thompson, you know, what, what's up with the rock? And he said, well, the rock is for the, if this motherfucker doesn't shut up. <laughs> and he gave, the guy's like, I just sort of built my life around that. <laughs> right on. So I know, I know you have other stories. Hunter, the, yeah. the, but but you were one of the guys that that dealt with him on the college in the well, 80s, right? Well, what happened was that, you know, I didn't get to meet Hunter as a child, but I'd heard all these great stories from my stepfather, which I could, at a later time, I could recount some of them. Uh, and so I was, and I had read, by that time I had read uh, Fear and Loathing on Campaign Trail 72 and Curse of Lono and Hell's Angels and Great Shark Hunt and Fear of Loathing on 
uh, in Las Vegas, of course. You read all of Great Shark Hunt? Yeah, I went through the whole thing. Congratulations. Yeah, Uh, yeah, it kind of rambles around. um, He said I went through it. No. Same as me. Well, the the Kentucky Derby is decadent and depraved was like one of my favorite pieces. So um, being from Louisville, I I love that piece. And and by the way, I want to mention, you all mentioned Tom Cruise and uh, the the, uh, earlier and uh, a total uh, other segment and a total on other another segment. show on another show. But I know I was here listening. We're going to have to get a search James is such a fan. He listens to all of our all right, shows. I listen, yes. I listen yes. to all the shows. I, I will. Uh, Tom Cruise is kind of from Louisville. Muhammad Ali, Muhammad Ali is from Louisville. Paul Hornings from Louisville. And Johnny Depp from Louisville? Johnny Depp's from Owensboro, but he's from Kentucky. Okay. And, you know, George Clooney's from Kentucky as well, but not from Louisville. So Jennifer Lawrence, Jennifer Lawrence. She, she went to, uh, she, Grew up in the same zip code as me, so went to all the same schools. But she's my niece's age, so, so I'm, o- I'm okay with that. Actually. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm so. fine. Uh, no, that, uh, I'm all I'm all for it. I'd like to meet her one day. Tell us more about your niece. <laughs> <laughs> you, you would like my niece. She teach she teaches at uh, Orange Theory Fitness in Louisville. So all right, we'll talk about that offline. Oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There's so skids. so. I think we what you were saying the, is you were, you were, you were, you were <laughs> yeah, get me back on track By here. Hey, Curtis. There you go. You would, so you would like her though, but you know, okay. keep okay. away from that. But, but you, you were, you had not met. I had not friend met of your stepfather's. I had not met Hunter, but I heard all these great stories. You'd read the things you're in school. I'm in school. I'm, I went to university of Washington in Seattle, got as far away from Louisville as I could. And, uh, and I heard that Hunter was coming on uh, the, the lecture circuit with uh, Timothy Leary and Abby Hoffman. And so, of course, I bought tickets. I could give a damn at the time. You know, Buy a age. ticket. I'd, like, give a limb or something, yeah. right, to go to I, that? I, I, uh, I, at the time, I, I didn't have a full, appreciati- full appreciation of who Abby Hoffman was. I knew Timothy Leary, but I didn't know everything about him. Oh, to hell with them. And I was really interested in uh, minor literary figures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was really interested in uh, in Hunter. So I went to the I went to the uh, uh, the lecture. Sat kind of. It was in a big uh, lecture hall, and um, went with these two women that I don't think that they appreciated my uh, perspective at the time. And um, and I sat through the thing, and then I just couldn't wait to get up during the Q and A period to ask Hunter some some questions. Because everybody's asking, like, Timothy Leary about LSD and Abby Hoffman about, you know, protesting the Vietnam War and all this stuff. And I get up and I say, Hunter, um, I know that you were in a high school fraternity called ALA. And I heard that you really, uh, really into hazing, hazing pledges. And uh, could you tell us some of your hazing techniques? And so he he, he did. And, uh, and of course, you know, nobody there really wants to hear this because they want to hear about the politics and the drugs and shit like that but he was into it and uh somebody else asked him about you know guns and shit like that and these quote these questions made it into the newspaper article the next day in the seattle times and so uh after it was all over uh there's a mad rush to get up on stage and talk to everybody and i i went up and i'm wearing i'm channeling my full hunter i've got my my ray-ban <laughs> aviators on i've got my blue jean jacket with the collar turned up and i've got a sh- uh, a smiley button, to, you know, it's like a have a nice day, but it says shit on it. And because I'm trying to be ironic or something, because I'm 19. And, and I, um, and it's in the 80s. And I, I go up there 
and I'm standing up on stage, standing next to Hunter. He's got his his uh his glasses are kind of aviators, and uh, um, we're standing next to each other. And somebody from the Seattle Times uh, um, captures us on on camera, but and I didn't even know this was going on until the next day. It was in the newspaper, in the big full full of color spread. And Abby Hoffman was in the foreground pointing at somebody, yelling at somebody, going, uh, and, and the headline says, Radicals Revisit It. And it, and it was about, you know, about the, the three of them. And, um, and I'm talking to Hunter, and I, and I go and I introduce him. I say, hey, hey Hunter, I'm, I'm Jim Tizer. I go by James now, but I, I'm Jim Tizer. Uh, Gerald Terrell is my stepfather. He goes, Gerald Terrell? You mean Ching? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, yeah. He goes, you're Ching Jr., <laughs> and I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. And um, that's a pretty good nickname. Yeah, Ching Jr. So pre- a previous guest guest was Pigfucker. Pigfucker, that's right. That's right. I'd rather you be, came out good. Uh, Ching Ching Jr. is better than Pigfucker, but yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> they both have certain ramifications. Anyway, so I'm wanting to talk to him, and we're talking about some stuff. And I said, you know, do you want to meet up? And he goes, yeah, let's. We're going to go to the J&M Cafe. This is in downtown Seattle in Pioneer Square. We're going to go to the J&M Cafe meet up uh, later. You come come meet us there. I'm, and I'm like, all right. Of course, I'm 19. I don't have a stu- uh, fake ID or anything at the time. But it's a random Tuesday night. And I I run home and grab my friend with uh, with the car, um, my friend Jalal. And Everyone has that. Everyone has the friend with the my, car. My friend with the car. My, yeah. but, but my friend Jalal is still, good, still one of my best friends. Still have a car? He still has a car. Okay. He had he had a really cool rabbit GTI, oh, which man. we used to. Oh, that's hot. We used yeah. to drive that down to Portland all the time and drive it around the hills. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has a friend who used to sleep with Hunter Thompson, so it's all comes full circle. Yeah, I have a friend who used to sleep okay, with Hunter Thompson. Right. Everybody has. He's right next to me, Curtis uh, Robinson. We're, 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 oh no, should we? No, we're one, here with three hundred people. And all right, can I see a show of hands? And people Wait, are, oh, Curtis, were you in a? I'm putting these in quotation marks. Were you an assistant? At any point? I was never an assistant. Oh, Hunter had assistants. Particularly not with the uh, uh, air quote things going no. on. Yeah. But I, I, I was at this cocktail party once, and this woman, this very tall blonde woman, a little older than me, and she comes up to me and goes, she goes, oh, I heard that your stepfather was friends with Hunter Thompson. I'm, I'm like, uh, yeah. And she's like, yeah, I used, uh, I used to uh, run around with them, and I dated them in the 90s, and we used to do cocaine and all sorts of stuff. I'm like, great. <laughs> You know, Hunter gets accused of taking cocaine all the time. I, I don't get it. You was a caffeine. You drank a lot of coffee. I guess maybe that just <laughs> I happened. Don't know, I don't know. <laughs> you know, the first time I ever saw a an Altoids tin, it was uh, it was another time uh, uh, several years later, and Hunter came over to our house and he and he is he had a girl follow him around and and she had all his stuff, and he had, she had a little Altoids tin and she opened it up and he in my mom's uh, dining room. He just start um, took a straw out and took took a hit a hit right there and then. Well, you know, he lived. I mean, obviously, you know, it was a different scene. I grew up in Philadelphia, but my real exposure to drugs probably happened around the hunter time. When I moved to Aspen, I, I wrote this before. The ATM machines spit out rolled up twenties. There you go. It came exactly. out pre rolled. Yeah, Pretty much. you just like yeah, yeah. There was a lot of there was a lot, lot of that going on there. The, there was the, a lot the, of going on there. The late eighties and early nineties. Yeah. Yeah. So. Anyway, uh, but getting back to our my story, uh, that was. Uh, By the way, did the Altoids cocaine make your breath smell? Okay. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it, yeah, it did. Right, well, yeah. I, I, 
I, I liked Altoids after that. You know, I yeah. always got Altoids after mm-hmm. that. But I, I uh, always so I didn't even know. I was like, one what, day, what, what, what is one this day I'm going to buy those Altoids and it's going to be full of like goddamn what cocaine. What he did was he took the Altoids out and put the cocaine in. There you go. Now, See, I, I thought he just, the one. I thought he just crushed up the no, Altoids. No, I thought he was no, Altoids crushed do not up the Altoids. turn into cocaine. <laughs> Well, you know, a, they're, they're kind of a white powdery legend. thing. And it's an urban legend. doesn't that, happen. I've tried it. It doesn't happen. So, you know, that, you know it could have been. It could, yeah, I think maybe. So, wait. Can I ask this? If, if I'm out of line, tell me. Oh, Lord. What kind of underwear are you wearing? No, no. I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, Gerald, did Gerald do drugs? No. He did not do drugs. No. So, they diverged. <laughs> so, it was like, uh, you know, yeah. They, they went in separate directions after childhood. Well, Gerald, uh, so... You know about the story about Hunter getting in trouble with the law and uh, where he wasn't the perpetrator. That story? The, yeah. yeah. The, oh. The, the one where he got in trouble with the law? Where he got arrested in high school at, you know, days before he walked on his graduation. And he, uh, his, his friend held up uh, a car in, in the, the, I guess it was in the back of them. Because they got the the license plate, and um, let me let me just say allegedly in front of all this. Okay, go allegedly, ahead. yeah, allegedly, allegedly. Well, Hunter was in the car, and another guy named Ralston Steenrod, whose whose son I was friends with, uh, was in the car, and and this guy got out, and said, "Hey, I want to bum uh, bum a cigarette off these people." So he gets out, car walks. This was in Cherokee Park in Louisville, Kentucky, a, a big giant park designed by the same guy that did um, Central Park in New York, and. He, gets out of the car and he walks back and he and he goes up to the window and he holds these people up and uh, supposedly allegedly uh, also uh, Ralston and and uh, Hunter had no idea what was going on no no one knew By there way, was a gun just so we know for the record here everything that we're saying is supposedly allegedly yeah nothing yeah supposedly yeah. allegedly nothing, yes. and we're protected under Make sure we're covered uh, <laughs> yeah section 230 so they got in the trouble internet decency well they all got a well because they were parked in front of the car that this guy was robbing, and the license plate was right there. So it was pretty easy to to to, to nab them, and so they got they all got picked up uh, picked up. And uh, uh, Steenrod was headed to uh, uh, Princeton, and so he he got some people to intervene. This yeah. other guy, who, uh, his father was connected, was you know with an alderman or something with the uh, archdiocese or something like that, and. He got off. He had to do some um, um, Hail Marys and stuff like that and, uh, and wave around his rosary beads. And Hunter didn't have anybody there for him because he didn't have his dad. And so he got thrown, he got thrown in the clink, and he, he disappeared for a few weeks. And then uh, supposedly the, uh, the judge said, well, you can either stay in jail for another year or join the Air Force. That's right, yeah. And so he joined the Air Force. And uh, that was about the time that um, my my step grandfather, Gerald Senior, um, intervened and said, uh, "Gerald, you you may not spend any more time with this boy Hunter." <laughs> and so he's a bad influence. He's a bad influence on me. And so, uh, yeah. uh, but they they kept in touch. Uh, but they 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 kind of diverged. And my stepfather went off to Yale and became a banker. He was kind of a, uh, a uh, a modest, kind of conservative—not conservative, politically, somewhat pol- politically, but co- uh, conservative in how he handled himself. Did he did he maintain any sort of relationship with Hunter moving well, forward in life? Or? Well, they they stayed in touch, but they 
years would go by sometimes without them talking. Yeah, Hunter, Hunter stayed in touch with the Louisville set. I mean, he didn't feel like he had to stay, but it was odd because he had recontact those guys. And it was, those were his buddies that were like, you know, a few years had gone by, and then they would immediately, it was like they'd talked last week. It was yeah. it was odd when he would go back to the you know, Louisville I have friends crowd. like that. Yeah, it's the same It's the same thing. And, and uh, so, so back to the story. Back to the story. So I go. So you're, as I recall, it's been a while, so I'll see if I can remember. You, he said, meet me at the bar. Yeah. You go and get your friend with the car, and we all have a friend with a car. Yep. And Jalal. And you, you have no IDs, but you're still going to go in this bar at 19, breaking. And this is with Timothy Allegedly. Leary, right. Timothy Leary, Abby Hoffman, and Hunter S. Thompson. No, no. So you go in the bar, and then what happens? Well, wait, those three. Well, 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 Hunter says that they're all going to meet up at at the JM. Okay. So I run home. Get, get my friend, get in the car, go to the J&M Cafe, which is a famous bar in Seattle. And uh, we're there, and the bar's pretty much empty, but there's a table with a bunch of people, and Abby Hoffman's sitting right there. I sit, da- right, sit down right next to Abby Hoffman, and I'm kind of just hanging out, you know, listening and whatever have you. And he buys, he buys me a beer. He buys everybody a beer. He buys a round of Coronas for everybody. And we're, we're having a Don't good— Don't say shit to make me like Abby Hoffman. <laughs> we were having a good old time. But I just, I was getting antsy. I wanted to see Hunter. And I'm like, what, where's Hunter? And Abby, <laughs> Abby's like, uh, well, you, you know, we're staying at the Camlin Hotel. Hey, hey Dad, he calls him Abby. Abby, yeah, Abby. Ab. Mr. Hoffman, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what you Ab. Ab, we'll Ab, Ab. And uh, um, I didn't even know about the Chicago 7 at that time and the yippies and everything. So later on, I was like, oh, fuck, you know, I, I messed that one up. Yeah, I'm sitting next to Abby Hoffman, uh, you know, but... But, you know, you live and learn. And I, um, and he says, well, we're all staying at the Camlin Hotel. Why don't you go try to find them there? And so I said, okay. So I got my friend and I get back in the car. We drive several blocks over to the Camlin Hotel. And I go up to the front desk and I ask the, the person at the front desk, you know, um, could you direct me to Hunter Thompson's room? And they're like, no. <laughs> no. No. I'm like, well, you know, I tried to, exp- you know, do all my cajoling, explain my stuff. All they, they could give a damn. Uh, well, I found that when you're trying to find someone in a hotel and they tell you no, the more you explain yourself, yeah. they usually just come right around. Yeah. Yeah, right. Don't yeah. you find that? Da- yeah. It's like an officer. If you explain that you needed to drink a little more because of what happened, they usually just let you go. Yeah, pretty much. And uh, so they said, you're welcome to wait in the lobby here. Uh, and see if he comes through. I said, okay. So uh, my friend and I, we went, sat down for a while, and I don't know, 10 minutes passed, and we said, okay, fuck this. So he started walking out the um, out the door, and coming in as we're walking out is Timothy Leary, and he's walking with a guy named David Rosencrans, who was the, at the time, the head of ASGW Productions, who was also a friend of my friend. So we, we all kind of knew each other. And... Um, and they're like, yeah, we're going upstairs to the cloud room. Uh, why don't you join us for a drink? So all of a sudden, I'm having, I'm going up in an elevator with Timothy Leary. How old is Timothy Leary at this point? Late 60s, maybe? Okay. Maybe, you know, somewhere in that range. It was 1987, so all right. you figure it out. And um, it was, um, I think it was March, so yeah, there, there you go. And, oh, um, if it was March, then he was 67. There you all go. Right. No, Leary's usually associated with the late 60s. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And um, he, he, I remember thinking this guy looks a lot like Johnny Carson, 
and and he didn't talk much. He was very quiet. And he was very quiet at the at the at the lecture too. I could tell you. I have to back up uh, to tell you about the what happened when Hunter came and and spoke at the at the lecture because consistent with everything I've heard today, Hunter of course showed up at this at this uh, lecture late, so everybody was waiting for for him to show up. And Avi Hoffman was there, and he was going off on the whole politics of everything. Uh, Timothy Leary was there just kind of zoning out, going, looking up in space. Uh, and and um, and eventually Hunter shows up and he creates a, he, you know, he makes a grand entrance and he comes out on stage and he's got his, his, uh, his, his drink, his tumbler full of probably Chivas. Chivas. Probably Chivas. Oh, no, no, no. In that era, probably wild turkey. It, it might have been wild turkey. Okay. And he kept on disappearing backstage, ostensibly to get an Altoid. And... Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure he had a tin with him. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. And somebody threw a rubber shark up on stage at him. And he he got the shark, and he had a good old time with the shark. And he said, I don't even remember what he said to it, but he, he looked at it, yelled at it, and then he took it, and he just started flinging it around, and he flung it back out into the audience. And so this was all kind of uh, related to the Curse of Lono. And uh, so there you go. So that was kind of, kind of the thing, and he and then Hunter was hilarious, except you know what you could understand him saying because you. What, did, is, what are you trying to say? Yeah, that that's basically what what it was. But he was he was pretty funny, and he. But I want to jump to the when you're in the cloud. The cloud, the bar, cloud, the cloud, cloud room. room. Okay. With, so now you're up there with. Well, this is where it kind of fizzles out, unfortunately. Because I'm up there sitting at a table with Timothy Leary and my two. That doesn't. That's not a fizzle, by the way. No, if but. If you're I, telling a story that includes the line, I'm up there with Timothy Leary. Yeah, it's but it's not There's like no we. Fizzle. It's not like he brought some acid. We, we, we were. Playing quarters, or you know, t- you know, doing, was, well, you got a lot. It was to learn the most about. disappointing Timothy Leary story. Yeah, of all you got time. a lot. You, you got you, you got a lot to learn about stories. Okay, yeah. come on. So anyway, In, embellish. Uh, well, James, yeah, embellish. Right. Well, we 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 sit up. We're sitting up there, and we're probably up there a good 10-15 minutes just chatting with Timothy Leary, trying to get something to say something. But he's like, uh. Did you once again? Violate- where, where's Abby Hoffman at this point? Abby Hoffman's back at the JNM drinking beers with everybody. And Hunter's probably in his room, uh, screwing somebody and taking cocaine, dr- drinking the rest of his bottle of wild turkey, or passed out. I'm gonna guess no on the passed out. What time was this? Oh, it wasn't too late. It was yeah, I don't know, no. ten or eleven. No, 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 no. 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 Guessing, guessing, guessing. He was uh, freshening his breath right about then. There you go. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> he was taking. He was finding some more. It was an Altoids wafer moment. Wafer thin mints. Yeah. Yes. To, to, Yes. Uh, oh, you know what? We have a new sponsor. You can crush them and uh, keep yeah, it away. Yeah, this sure, episode is brought to you by Altoids. Fresh breath. Great literature. <laughs> fresh breath <laughs> keeps you going. I, 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 I want to. I'm going to back up one more time before. Why I not? At this, this point, let's well, go. Let's go. It's a rambling story. So when James was three. When, when I was three. <laughs> no, I found out. So my stepfather died last year. Uh, God rest his soul and all that stuff. And and um, he was everybody. He was famous, kind of you know, um, infamous in Louisville for being friends with with Hunter growing up. Everybody, you know, all that generation. Yeah. 
yeah. uh, knew that. Um, I found out that his father went to boarding school at Eton with, um, with Ian Fleming. And they were friends. And they used to get into a lot of trouble together. So my, Gerald... Uh, a lot of literary connections A lot here. of literary yeah. connections. So uh, Gerald Sr. was at Eton with, with Ian Fleming, the writer of James Bond. And they both went into the Foreign Service. Um, I don't think my, my step-grandfather was a spy, but, but Ian Fleming was supposedly uh, uh, involved in... He's not saying he's a spy. He, he did drink his martini shaking. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. And, and, then, and then Gerald, my stepfather, he wasn't a junior, the different middle initials, uh, was friends with Hunter Thompson. So there's a certain parallel there. I, I think it kind of fits nicely in the scheme of, 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 the, of life. So I thought that was a pretty cool thing that I that I. That All I right. Learned. So, but but you're not going to get me off this. I was a city editor. You're in. I'm in the, the bar. In the city, bar. I'm in the bar, sitting at the bar with Timothy Leary, David Rosencrantz, and Jalal Akhavane. Uh huh. We're all sitting there. Um, Did you once again violate your state's? Yeah. I, well, the, the 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 waitress came by, took our drink orders, and uh-huh. Uh-huh. David was the only one with the fake ID. Ordered. You know, uh, old fashioned or something like that. I don't, I'm not sure what he ordered. Uh, t- I don't remember what Timothy Leary ordered, but it was a it was an alcoholic drink. Came to Jalal and me, and we're like, "Oh, we'll have cokes." And so they, the waitress asked us for IDs right there. Yeah, you fucked up. Uh, we fucked up. Well, we should we should have gone all in. You should have said, "I meant cocaine." And cocaine. God, yeah, God damn. That's right. Pull out your Altoids tin. <laughs> yeah, Let's get God this damn. shit going. Let's go. So so we got ID'd. And uh, then they kicked us out, and so that was my that was. This the, is the saddest story. That this was is the sad. worst. This is the worst. This is a great Hunter Thompson story, but this is. This a reminds me, Curtis. Remember this time I was telling you about? I was so I was in a thing. I I was hanging out with three porn stars, and we're in the hotel room, oh, yeah, and I they were this. like feeding yeah. me Viagra and co- and like we were having coke and doing all this, and and then I, uh, you know, I'm kidding. And then I went home. Yeah. yeah. Now, now yeah. you know why I was. Now you understand oh, why. And I then was they diverting. were like, "Oh, you don't have a condom," and then they all left. Oh, it was terrible, sad. Story. But wait a minute. The first part of the story was all right. Uh oh. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Can you speak into the microphone? All right, I will. Yeah, this is gonna. Sorry. By the way, you're listening to the Hunter Gatherers podcast, where yeah, I gather- speak into the microphone. Curtis does everything he can to not speak into the we, microphone. Yeah, I'm trying to. Yeah. That, and that, James tells the saddest story. About hanging out with beat writers of all time. And here's a news flash for you. Uh, our new podcast, Timothy Lear Stories, has been canceled. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Because a motherfucker's boring as shit. He was pretty boring. This reminds me of the time I was hitchhiking with Jack Kerouac. <laughs> and the car pulls over and it was full of these like fun. And they're like, we only have room for one. And Kerouac got in and drove away. Correct. And then I was just there. I do have a question. I know a little bit about the hazing rituals of that particular group. Mm-hmm. ALA. Uh-huh. Did Hunter share any of those? And if so, did any of them include... A frog? I was going to say a rock. but A, a rock? Fro- a no, frog. there's a rock and a string. A rock. Oh, God, you know about this. Yes. Okay. What, he, he, he told people this? Well, Gerald did. All right. Would you share with us the hazing ritual of this high school fraternity? 
This, this sounds ominous. It's oh. a literary association. It's very senior, very serious. You know, by the way, Gerald got up at a uh, tribute to Hunter in 1996. At, you know, it was arranged by the University of Louisville. And he said something to the effect that Hunter never met a library he didn't like. People were looking for, for stories, crazy stories about Hunter, but Hunter was a voracious reader. And that but, was. That said, let's talk about the string. But the string was that they, when they got pledges into this literary association, also High School Literary Association. High School Literary Association, <laughs> Athenum, um, they would blindfold the pledges mm-hmm. and they would tie a string around their phalluses, also known as penises, and, uh, and tie a, uh, the other end of it around a rock. Give each of the pledges uh, the rock and instruct them to throw the rock. Is this the same story that you've heard? Oh, yeah. This is remarkably consistent. Yes. I don't know if it's true, but it is consistent. How Danny got sound from the actual event is anyone's guess. But, this, but still, yes, uh, good. I'm, I'm rolling back some audio that I've uh, brought in from the... Do it again? They would do what with the rock? They would throw the rock. All right. But, but, the, but, the, but, but, they were, but the pledges, they didn't realize that the two ends of the strings were not attached. So it was a test of their faith in their fellow oh. brothers to, to know that they would never make them do something that would bring them harm. Wow. Did you hear that part of it? But you see, in order for that to happen, a lot of things is like, all right, there's a clothing issue. There's a... See, I would yeah, know, so I what, are there dicks a, out when there's they're standing there? Yes, are the dicks there. hanging that's out? The, yes, that's the implication. I don't this feel like this... This was the 1950s. There was a lot of... I don't feel like this story holds water. Did you ever like, see Animal House? Come on. So they're sitting there with their dicks out with strings attached to their dicks. Yeah. But how do they not know that the rock... Because they're blindfolded. They're blindfolded. Oh, they're blindfolded. Okay. They're blindfolded. And they're supposed to hurl these rocks over... And they're standing on a bridge or something Ooh, like that. Ooh, that sounds scary. Oh, wait scary. a minute. The bridge thing's new. I, that, I, this is See, what now I, you're I, catching on to stories, but you, can, you can't do a Tim Leary acid thing, but you put a bridge right into the well, I could, amazing story. Yeah, the truth is sometimes stranger than fiction. Yeah, right? I'm sure that's true. Yeah, so. Well, listen. This has been amazing. I really, I, this I, is why we gather hunter stories. What well, do you know about get, the frog, though? Is it, no. You don't know about the frog. The frog. Let's hear the frog. The, the, the frog was right. actually the, the better story, which where they would get. Says you. Well, it was. I thought <laughs> thought it was funny where they would. Uh, there was a, a a toy frog. I don't remember the frog's name, but the frog had a name, and uh, they gave it to Kermit. Of, was it Kermit? It was not they, Kermit. It was, it was Jeremiah. Bur- it was before 1967. Right. It was a bullfrog. No. Kermit <laughs> came about in 67. This was in the like 50s, and uh, so. It was something. Uh, uh, somebody will know uh, know what the frog's name was. Gave it to a pledge and told him to go to the all girls school collegiate, where it was also known as the the uh, all girls school with the best looking girls in in town. Um, and during the lunch hour, and go into their courtyard and put this frog down in the middle of the courtyard and start screaming at the frog and having a, a conversation with the frog. 
uh, in front of all the girls and embarrassed the hell out of himself. And I just, I thought that was pretty inspired uh, to do that. It, it's not as, you know, it's not as gross as the, uh, and you think that's a better story than throwing a rock that's tied? I yeah, I like the rock penis story, but on the yeah, well, the rock penis story is just so like on too the, stereotypical. On the frog story, so it's not very what, inspired. Typical of what? Well, of hazing, hazing tr- pranks. This you is know? this is why I wasn't in a fraternity. I wondered. Oh, that and the fact they never asked me. <laughs> well, Gerald later in life was uh, went to the Bohemian Grove, and he went there several times. Of course, he did. Yeah, and uh, the it's Bohemian so- Grove is it's the same kind of shit going on there. That rumored allegedly. Curtis, yes. James, all right. On the frog story, I feel like the frog place is a good place to leave off. James, you'll be back. Thank you. Thank you, James Tizer. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. On Hunter Gatherers, the podcast that tells Hunter S. Thompson stories. That's right. And we're all about joy to the world. <laughs> well, the Southern gentleman hit the highway gave us stories we could share of crooked schemes and shattered dreams of people everywhere. Road of whiskey screams and motel rooms where no one seemed to care. Road of deep, dark, secret places made us feel that